Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Not so with the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Let's say our scripture declaration together. Lord, we honor your word to us. May your truth become our heart's pursuit and our life's practice. Amen. Heavenly Father, as Pastor Randy comes forward, God, give him the words that you need our hearts to hear today. We want to hear from you through our pastor today. Amen. Amen. All right. And with that, our kids and our teens are dismissed to go back to your classes. Thank right. you very much. Thank All you. right. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. I know we've covered some uh, heavy ground already this morning, but uh, appreciate you uh, staying with us and staying together on this. I am not going to be preaching uh, the same length as I normally would, uh, so I just want to let you know that I'm going to be shortening that down. As a matter of fact, if you guys don't mind, let's start off with slide number five, uh, and we will begin with our New Year's uh, Real Solutions as we begin this morning. I want to just talk a little bit with you guys this morning. I do not want in any way for us to have the concept that Today's message and uh, even this particular lesson series is all about just giving you a longer to-do list. As a matter of fact, Eckhart Tolle, this is something that I shared with you last week. He said, you do not find peace by rearranging the circumstances of your life, but by realizing who you are at the deepest level. And I want to talk today about how we can maybe get a little bit better sense of how to include God in our lives rather than just simply finding a better way to rearrange our circumstances. Now, I want to just do a quick little kind of little mental exercise. All right. Everybody got one of these? Everybody got one of these? You got it with you, right? Okay, so everybody, y'all own one of these, I know. All right, y'all, hold on. I've always wanted to do this. Will y'all, like, do this for me? I, I've always wanted to be a rock star, you know. Uh, thank you. A handful of y'all are doing it. Uh, some of you aren't. I get it. I'm not a rock star, but I just wanted to sh kind of share with you. All right, so here is the thing. All right, some of you are there. You're just a little slower. All right. I want you to do a mental exercise with me. Imagine that you are with your significant other um, or maybe with your child, somebody that you really, really value, somebody that you love very, very much, and you're out with them grabbing a cup of coffee or getting some dinner, right? I mean, it's a, it's a personal affair. It's you and your wife, you and your husband, you and your daughter or your son, and you're in this kind of connected place and you're having this great discussion and that kind of thing. And then imagine this happens. You guys with me, you imagine this happens. You were really diligent and you put this over on the side. You didn't have it face up. You put it down even 
but you know what you did. You, you left it on silent, but you didn't turn it off. And so what does it do to you? Right? Gives you that, you know, that sound, right? Okay, now let's be honest with each other real quick. If that happens, even though you're in a very, very good conversation, even though you're with somebody who is very, very important to you, if you hear the, right, what are you going to start thinking about? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. For some of us, for many of us, for dare I say, most of us, there's a little bit of anxiety that rises up in us, isn't there? What was that? I wonder what that is. I wonder what that could be. Is that an email or is that a, a text? And for many of us, we're not smart enough. Now I'm talking about me. We're not smart enough to figure out how to differentiate every single text tone or anything, you know, from emails or Twitter replies or Facebook updates or any of that stuff. So they all come through the same. They're all brrr. And it could be anything from meaningless to incredibly life-changing and important. But let's be honest, 98% of the time, it's meaningless, right? Maybe 1% is definitely interesting, and then maybe 1% is actually life-changing in an emergency, probably less than 1%. But you know as well as I do, this is supposed to be a tool for us, and yet you hear the and what do you do? You're like... You kind of get that dog from the RCA thing look where some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you are old enough to remember the dog from the RCA. You turn and you kind of like, I'm listening to you. I really am. I'm maintaining eye contact with you. But my heart and my mind right now is wondering what the was. And so you start thinking and your mind is no longer connected. It's distracted. Can I get an amen? I mean, come on, in the chat, give me an amen. You know it's true. You know that that's right. And then you grab it and you look and you're like, oh, what's, <laughs> look at that. Can I, oh, we were talking about something important, right? All right, so we've all been there and done that. So here is what we want to talk a little bit about today. The idea of being caught in the shallows. We know that 98% of the time, these things that are pulling us towards the momentary and the timely are not timeless. They're not the things that deepen us. They're the things that distract us. And how many of you know that most of the things that distract you are not usually the things that actually deepen you? The things that deepen you do not come and grab your attention and say, pay attention to the important things. They usually lay there quietly, and you and I have to seek those things. They do not interrupt us most of the time. And something to learn today is that Psalm 1 that Eric read just a moment ago, it's not one of those psalms that identifies itself or in its human author. A lot of those that you can see, they say, this is a psalm of David and this is what it's about. And this particular one does not. But most Bible scholars have proposed two authors. And interestingly, some have proposed David and some have proposed because of its you know, consistency and similarity to Proverbs chapter 1 and some of the first verses and chapters of Proverbs to be written by Solomon. But let's be very clear, King David, a man after God's own heart, King Solomon, a man who was probably the wisest man who ever lived, or possibly the two of them together wrote this psalm and tell us 
that there is something about someone who is able to meditate. Let's stop for just a second. Someone who is deep enough to meditate on the law of the Lord and take delight in those things that deepen them rather than just simply distract them. And I just want to be very clear, if you go back and you read that passage that Eric read just a moment ago, it's interesting, it says, blessed is the one who who does not walk in the way of the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, sit in the company of mockers, his delight is in the law of the Lord, he meditates on this law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding its fruit in its season. And I want to just pause real quickly and let you know that if you're looking for apples, you probably need to have an, a tree that's existed somewhere around four to five years. Most of the trees that are transplanted or bought at nurseries that are fruit trees, they take about four or five years of maturity before they ever actually bear fruit. And isn't it interesting in this passage of scripture that the word tells us that it is not something that happens overnight for us to bear fruit But if we become connected and grow to the depth that we ought to be growing, that the fruit begins to come and it begins to show itself. And as a matter of fact, it's interesting. You can even go back and look this up on Google. But a lot of the people who want fruit trees want to transplant mature trees. They ask even people and they say, well, why can't we just simply transplant a mature tree? And the truth of the matter is, is that that usually does not work because the mature trees actually have such a root system and stuff going on under the ground and such connection to sources of nutrients that you cannot transplant a mature fruit tree and immediately turn around and get mature fruit. It doesn't happen that way. It's just the biological truth. And there are things in your life and in my life, especially spiritually, The things that actually matter and have depth are things that cannot be transplanted or microwaved. They're things that actually have to be built and designed and designated as time for us to grow into these things. And then it goes on, and it's very interesting. In verse 4 of Psalm chapter 1, it says, Not so the wicked, they are like chaff which the wind blows away. Now, any of you guys in here know what chaff is? Do any of y'all know what chaff? I mean, maybe you have a general idea, but let me be very clear. Here's a picture of wheat and chaff. And you can see the bundles of wheat that are over here. And you can see the woman that has a basket and she's tossing things up in the air. And here's what's very interesting. Chaff is lightweight. The fruit of wheat is actually heavier. So when a person tosses it up in this basket, guess what happens? The wind blows away the stuff that is light and the stuff that is heavier remains. You can even see the difference there. If you look, there's stuff that's being blown away and then there's stuff that's falling down into the important pile. The stuff that's actually going to bring nutrition and sustenance to the people. Why does this matter? Because in your life, in my life, You and I, the things that don't matter will ultimately be thrown up in the air and they will blow away like chaff. They're going to be gone. But only those heavier things, the things that have depth, the things that really truly matter, they will remain. And the question is, how much will we allow that to be a part of our life rather than chaff? And isn't it interesting when Um, we, We look at this passage of scripture from Psalm chapter one, the wisdom of saying, this is what it could look like. 
And this is also what your life could look like, but you and I have to decide. Now, can I just say something real quickly? In our modern world, I believe that this is so important because most of the people in our lives and in our circles, we live as if chaff and wheat are the same exact thing. That there is just as much importance to do this thing as it is to that thing. But yet we know instinctively, we've even had the comment said, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm just wasting time. I'm just killing time. I'm just going through the motions here on life. I'm just making sure that from point A to B has something that entertains me and fills me, but it doesn't actually sustain me or deepen me. And this is exactly what Psalm chapter 1 is talking about, the difference between a life that is planted by streams of water and produces fruit or is something that is blown away because it has no weight, no heft, no meaning, no purpose. I just want to share a couple of things with you very quickly, and I want to talk about this particular passage of Scripture that is a Psalm of David, Psalm chapter 46, that reminds us that we have to be still and know that He is God. And what's very, very interesting, and I've said this before, this is not brand new material, but this passage speaks to me in a couple of ways. He says, be still And then you will know, but it also kind of on the other side in my mind reminds me that until I am still, I might not even recognize that he is God. For many of us, we're so busy that we don't recognize that there is a God that wants to be involved in our world. And isn't it interesting? He's going to be exalted among the nations and exalted among the earth. And so it's so important that we grasp this. Here's what John Eldred said in the book that we're kind of talking a little bit about. Uh, We're talking about Get Your Life Back, this book. He says, then I realized the problem that I was dealing with as I looked out on the people that were struggling and people that were having difficult times, it wasn't that I didn't care for them, it's that I wasn't a failure of love or compassion, But these things that I felt in my soul, being too busy to care and being too busy to give it interest and uh, really deal with the information in a proper way, he said, these are symptoms of a soul that is pushed too hard, it's strung out, it's haggard, it's fried. My soul just can't do life at the speed of a smartphone, but I was asking it to, and everyone is asking their life to do the same. It's so important, so powerful. But let me very, be very quick to remind you of what Jesus said. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's the one from Matthew 11. That's the one to remember. It's not about doing all of these things. It's about finding rest in the Lord. But for most of us, we're so busy trying to do a to-do list that we have no real connection with the Lord who is the one that we want to please and who actually can deepen us. Now, I just want to say this out loud together. It is the big idea, and I want you guys to say it after I say it in just a moment. So here is what the big idea is today. Creating margin allows God, others, and self to grow in both depth and significance. Let's just stop for a second. If you've got some extra time, you value that time that you have a little bit better. If you choose to actually slow down and take just a moment, you grasp and understand that there is value, there's significance, there's even depth sometimes in things that we just gloss over too quick. 
Have any of y'all ever had that experience where you come away from a, an interaction with somebody and maybe that you hadn't seen them for a long time, but you were so busy and they were so busy and they were going that direction, you were going this direction, that in the process of it, you met and you left each other's presence, but you didn't actually feel that you had really gone to the place where your souls were joined and you connected. There was no depth there. But what if you say, but you know what? Hey, if you're not in a hurry, could we just talk for a little bit? I'd love to hear what's going on in your life. And they say, sure, I've got some time. And you say, okay, great. And of course, you maintain six foot of social distance, right? Amen. All right. So you're safe, right? But then you hear from them and they hear from you. And in the process of it all, you reconnect and the relationship is deepened. That's how it happens. And that's how it fails to happen in many of our lives. So we have to create margin, slow ourselves down a little bit so we can actually make these connections. So here's the big idea again. Creating margin allows God, others, and self to grow in depth and significance. Would you guys say it with me together? All right. Creating margin allows God, others, and self to grow in depth and significance. So important that we grasp. And just to be very clear, this isn't just a Christian thing. This isn't just a spiritual thing. This is very important that you grasp. Let's go to this next slide. There is a man who works at the University of Southern California, the Brain and Creativity Institute. And here's what he said. Higher emotions like empathy and compassion emerge from a neural process that is inherently what? slow. In other words, if you never slow down, there will never be depth to your life. You will never empathize with someone else. Have you guys, you guys probably know someone like this, right? They're at the speed of light. They're at the speed of life in 2021 and they're rushing and they're going in so many different places. And yet there is a path that they could take where they slow down, maybe watch a few less shows, maybe listen to a few less podcasts and a few less things that really don't add significance. Watch a few less YouTube videos and then they have the time, they have the margin created to actually interact with those people that they say are really important in their life. It's so important that we don't just simply fill our schedules and miss out because we are fully empty because of how filled our schedules are. Actually, let's go to this mini movie. I want you guys to check it out. It's one that I've played before, but it is so powerful. Hopefully, this will be a blessing to you. It's called Filled. I woke up this morning with a normal feeling for me. It felt like sadness but more like hunger than anything else. The closest word for it is empty. Whatever the feeling was, I wanted it to go away. Within an hour of waking up, this feeling's usually gone. Coffee can do it, catching up on sports, and by the time I check my email, I'm good. At least I'm full for the present. The feeling, whatever it was, is gone but quite easily I slip back into the emptiness, if not the next hour, the next day. Technology gives me the quickest, most instantly gratifying fill. That's why I like social media. All I really need is one like on Instagram 
and I'm golden. Facebook can do it too, as long as it's about me. And I look on Twitter to get my sarcasm fill for the day. It doesn't really take much, but it doesn't really last long either. If social media doesn't do it, music always fills me up, especially when I'm driving. I got my tunes, the open road, and I can listen to whatever I want. I rock the same songs over and over again. I was empty. Now I'm filled. I have millions of ways to fill up. I didn't even mention TV, movies, or beach vacations, alcohol, cars, home improvements, accolades at work. Whatever I want, I can have it. With the touch of a button or the drop of a hat, the world is at my fingertips. I can fill myself with whatever I want, cash pending. All I have to do is convince myself that it's good to eat and desirable for food. Then it's just a matter of plucking my choice fruit from the tree. No wonder I don't need God to be filled. I'm already full. Okay, good video, a lot to think about. So very quickly, I'm gonna actually ask um, Manuel, I'm sorry, bro, I'm jumping all over the place today, and here in just a second, I want you to go to slide six, but not quite yet, not quite yet. Let me ask you guys this question, and just a little bit of thought in your mind, I want you to get a number in your head, and here is the question. How many times do you think people check their cell phones per day. I'm not saying stay on their cell phones. I'm talking about pick up their cell phones, bring it here, and take a look at it. How many times, get a number in your head, how many times the average person checks their cell phones each and every day? Now, I want to just go ahead and put this up, and then I want to draw your attention. Americans check their phones 96 times a day. Y'all give me some, give me some feedback here. I can't see your faces because you're underneath masks. Were you below? Were you right about that level or were you way high on your thought? Like what was your, you were way low. What about, you were way low. Y'all were way low. You know what? (laughs) One of you is like, I was high. (laughs) Well, isn't it interesting? 96 times, but, but I want you to look at the line below. It said, new Asurian research shows our smartphone dependency has increased by 20% in the last two years. In other words, what it was then, it has grown instead to 96 times a day. And right now, it's currently growing at 9.6 times per year more in average. So, 20, 20% is a big jump. So don't be surprised if in 2023, the number is about 20 points higher than it is even right now. It's crazy, right? All right, so here is the question that I want to just kind of tackle and I want to talk to you about. Now, I want you guys to listen to me for just a quick second, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to be starting to move really, really quickly here because I know my time has grown short because of my own time this morning early. 
But let me just talk to you about something. I want to be very clear that this is not judgment. This is not me pointing out something that you need to fix. This is me talking to me. This is me talking to us about something that all of us struggle with. I'm not here to make you feel bad nor guilty, but I'm here to point out that it is very important that you and I grasp that this is a part of our lives. If we're average, we're checking something over a hundred times a day. It's embarrassing how little we give to God as far as our attention goes versus what we give to our smartphones, right? Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, I got to be on it for work. I get it, but let's not kid ourselves, man. I'm not buying the stuff that you're selling right now. This is the truth. The truth of the matter is, is that for all of us, it's so easy to grab this, that brrr, thing that that bing the swoosh right i mean you hear that sound you know it's like oh something's happening out there right something's happening out there i wonder what it is now let me just do a quick little survey i'm gonna go to let's go to slide number 25 yes i am all over the place today i'm all over the place this is to get your attention back okay because some of you don't have any attention space you know right you could be one of these two people. Some of you are both, but most of us kind of identify as either dog people or cat people, right? We're, we're, we're more cat or we're more dog people, right? So I know some of you here today, some of you are dog people. I know who you are. I'm looking at you right now. I know you're dog people, okay? Some of you are cat people. Some of you are both kinds of people. But I personally have no pets or animals. I know that makes me a communist and a horrible person in some of your eyes. Please just bear with me. I said I, I raised three animals already. Her name was Tori, Taryn, and Tatum. And Shelly is still raising another animal named Randy. She's trying to get it all taken care of, right? So there were lots of animals that come through our house, but none of this four-footed kind, right? But here is the deal. I'm a dog person if you had to put me in a category, but I'm embarrassed about dogs, there's a thing that dogs will do that reminds me too much of myself. And that is that you cannot feed a dog for a week when you leave town. Even if you had a doggy door. Why? Because dogs will eat until they make themselves sick rather than stop eating. Right? Dogs will do that. So you have to put out different times a day. But cats, you can put the whole week's worth of food and they'll eat just enough and then they'll kind of keep moving. Well, if you're a dog person, this is bad for you, right? This is kind of a mark against your team. Your squad is down by one because you can't control yourself. Well, do you guys have a sense of where I'm going with this? Did you know that this right here has figured out how to create dopamine in the brain of human beings? And when you hear that, swoosh, when you hear that buzz, when you hear that click, that, that bing, that chirp, any of that stuff, guess what it does? It gives you this little bitty hit of dopamine. And here's the unfortunate thing. We are like dogs, all of us. We've gotten to the place where we know it's not good for us, but we can't seem to stop. We know we shouldn't be spending this much time. I don't know if, can I get an amen? Like, 
iPhone, quit telling me how much screen time I've got this week. I hate you when you send me this text, right? I hate this. This is something that they're putting out now. And, you know, Steve Jobs is rolling around in his grave because he thought that's exactly what we want. Congratulations, Steve Jobs. You won, okay? Everyone constantly looks at their phone even though they know they shouldn't be. They're still looking at their phone way too much. So here's what I know. We need some sort of way of distancing ourselves from these things that are not as valuable as we have let them become. Very quickly, I'm just going to share a couple of things with you. And I want to just say this. I'm not coming after you. I'm sharing this with you. And if you are a parent and your kids aren't in here today, or if they're not on the, the, the screen with you today at home, let me just share this and remind you that here is a path for your child to be extraordinary. Cal Newport in his book has a quote, and it is so incredibly simple, but it is so incredibly profound. He said that attention is now the new IQ. Attention is the new IQ. If you want to stand out, get control over this thing and don't let this thing control you. You will have a depth in your person and personality if you begin to pursue the right things and begin to let this become more of a tool than a master. For the truth of the matter is, is that often this has become a master. Now, very quickly, I want to talk about how we can do that. I want to go into the graces this week. The idea is that these are not things to do, but these are things to reintroduce into your life because they've probably been pushed out. The graces of a balanced life, the very first one here is simple unplugging. I want to talk about and expand that very quickly. What does that look like? It just simply looks like this. Turn off your notifications. Turn off your badges. Some of you, if you saw my phone and saw how many one of my red badges has on it, you'd be like, <clears throat> I literally feel like I'm having a heart attack right now. And I'm like, look, I know what every one of those is. I know where all of those are going, and I'm not worried about it. But you're like, <clears throat> you know, right? Any of y'all badge people in here? Uh, it's just a few of you. I'm married to a badge person. <laughs> y'all pray for me and my wife mainly because she's got to live with me. Well, what about this? What about unplugging? You can fast from social media for three days. You can fast from Netflix for one day a week. You can fast for, you know, from TV for you know, one day or two days per week or something like that. Or maybe you just say, you know what, I'm going to go a whole week without doing this one particular thing that keeps me all in knots. Some of you, you know what, you're great on IG, but Twitter always gets your blood pressure about this high. You know what, I'm going to fast from Twitter for two weeks and just see if my life's better or not. I'm not saying you got to give it up, but why not even give it a try? I mean, trust me, there's going to be a lot of junk going on in the world. The minute that you're off and the minute that you jump back on, it'll be just like you never missed because stuff just picks back up, right? This is true. Or you can designate a sacred time or a sacred space. One of the sacred spaces in our, our family is you can try to call me, but when we're having dinner, we don't, you're not going to catch me. Why? Because my phone's somewhere else. We don't bring phones to the, to the table. And so there's a sacred place or even a sacred space or a sacred time. Maybe you say, you know what? I'm just going to put my phone down. I'm going to leave it in another room from 10 p.m. until 6.30 or 8, or 8 a.m. or something like that. And just give myself a little bit of time, a little bit of space that I don't have to be on call 24-7. 
And you know what else you can do? You can also grab and delete certain apps so they're just harder to get to. And it just, instead of just saying, oh, it's going to notify me every moment, oh, I'm on. And instead of it going, you know, buzz every single time, you can go and check it once or twice a day where you can still stay connected, but it's not every single moment, grab you, grab you, grab you, grab you. Because the truth of the matter is, is that if you and I don't have any margin whatsoever, it's awfully hard to hear from God whenever he has no space to speak into our lives left because we filled it up. Now, very quickly, another grace of a balanced life. I wanted to talk about two and three. I'm covering them, and then I'm just going to simply move on. It is drinking in beauty. Go out there and experience the outside. For example, the difference that you feel between taking a bike ride in the country or even in a park versus sitting in front of the TV. Now, seriously think about it for just a moment. The difference that you have when you've done something outdoors versus the thing that you've done just sitting in front of the TV for three hours straight. One feels like the sugar rush and one feels like the healthy food. It is a very different thing. And for many of us, we're even dealing in a vitamin D deficiency, which can depress us and go very far into fatigue and other things. Here's how you can apply this message. How do you apply this message? I would encourage you this way. Get outdoors three times a week and take in the beauty of God that he has created. Take in the things that he has made for us to drink in. And then just simply do an unplug as well. Just take a few moments and say, I'm going to get some space from this phone, this computer, these things, this television, whatever it might be. I'm going to get some space and I'm going to pause and let God be the one who is involved in my life and speaking in to me. Now, very quickly, you may be saying, but Randy, this is really interesting, but you're not a guy who's involved in tech. You're not interested in these things. You don't value these things like most of us do. I want to tell you about someone that I'm literally going to go all the way back to 1997. Check out this picture, Bill Gates in 97. That's why this picture is grainy. It's because they literally did not have high-definition cameras very often available back then. This is Bill Gates in 1997. And you know what Bill Gates used to do? Bill Gates, during the one particular week and then another week in his calendar, he would get himself what he called think weeks. This is Bill Gates. And guess what? He would go to a cabin. He would get outdoors. He would go to a place where all the distractions were gone. He would unplug for one full week. And in the process, he would read and he would think deep thoughts and he would take notes and he would do all of that stuff. In 1997, he created something during one of his think weeks called Internet Explorer. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Internet Explorer came out of a, a whole week of being unplugged from all the constant bombardment. Isn't it interesting? And isn't it a kind of juxtaposition that all of that bombardment that we deal with now comes from something that he had to create by unplugging, right? It's powerful if you think about what do you have to do? What do you have to cease? What do you have to pause? What do you have to stop doing to allow the depth in your life to begin to grow deeper and deeper and God to have more and more and more room in your life? Blessed is the man or the woman who does not walk in the steps of the wicked, 
stand in the way that sinners or in the seat of mockers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord, and they meditate on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Heavenly Father, as we end our time together, I just pray that you would be with us, direct us, and lead us in all things that we do. May you have your way in our lives. And dear God, thank you that you can deepen us if we will just simply connect with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.